Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of Hey Jewel. Hi, Anne. Can we continue the conversation we were having five seconds before we started recording? You mean the one where you stopped me mid-sentence and said, do not say another word. We have to have this conversation on the podcast. (laughs) Yes. Okay. We want everyone's opinion because the conversation we were basically having is if you look at the earlier trailers for next season of Kardashians, we saw a couple of Pete mentions. The first was obviously where Kim and her confessional saying, guys, I have a boyfriend. And then the second was the infamous clip where they're behind the scenes Met Gala and she asks him if he wants to shower with her and he throws his phone. So in the recent trailer, specifically the one that came out today, there's no mention of Pete. And it's not like we're seeing the exact same trailers with just that taken out, but it's a lot of the same clips kind of recycled. And so the question is, is he just not being featured in the trailers because of the breakup? Or is there any world in which they remove him entirely from the season? Which (laughs) I didn't even get your opinion on because I stopped you in your track. So what do you think? Oh, I don't think so. I mean, listen, to me, there's no world in which they remove him in his entirety from the season. There's maybe a chance that they'll scale it back a little bit, which is something that we'll never have the answer to whether or not they did that because we'll have nothing to compare it to, like what it would have been had they still been together. But no, they're not really one to rewrite relationships in that way and cut out mentions. And also for no reason other than the fact of they can't have the Met Gala episode without Pete being a part of that. And there's no way they would ever have the season without that being a part. Yeah. I mean, the other thing we have to keep in mind is months ago when they were talking about, you know, Pete's potential involvement in the show way before him and Kim ever broke up, they said he doesn't really love being on the show. He'll do it. He's not going to shy away from the cameras necessarily, but reality TV doesn't come as naturally to him because he sees a camera and he is trained as a performer, comedian, actor to kind of perform. He can't be his natural self. So it's not like we're starting out at a very high point in terms of his involvement, but I agree with you. There's no world in which they remove him entirely from 
specifically the Met Gala episode. And I still think they'll play into it a little bit. I mean, I think the trailer removal is definitely strategic because I'll put it like this. If they were still together, I think we'd be seeing a lot of him in these trailers for no reason other than they know it builds hype. I think the one element we really have on our sides in terms of getting as much of him as maybe we would previously or even just a little bit less is that this relationship happened to Kim and she is one. It's her and Chloe. They're willing to bear it all. Totally. I also feel like in keeping Pete in mind in all of this, there's a very big difference between Kim telling her story or their story on her show versus using clips of their relationship that everyone knows is over as almost like clickbait to promote the season. Like in my eyes, I would see that as slightly insensitive to Pete. You're saying if they continue the trailers as normal with all of those same scenes being integrated, right? Yeah, especially, especially, and we don't know this for fact, but if Kim was the one that broke up with Pete and Pete was upset about this and recovering and grieving the relationship to then see it used as trailer material to promote their season. If I'm Pete, I would be very upset by that. And I think that if I'm Kim, I'm very tuned into him emotionally. Right. I mean, I know we're really going all based on hypotheticals here because we don't actually know what went down, but I want to follow that thought process for a second. Let's assume that she was the one that broke up with him just for a second. And let's also assume that the reports of him being in trauma therapy because of everything that went down with Kanye and as a result of you know the public ridicule and involving the breakup is all the case. Again, just for purposes of this conversation, you're right. There is no world in which Kim would ever keep those in just to promote it. Right. And also it's kind of a weird look for Kim to promote a trailer of her talking about her relationship. Like, obviously we know what happened. Obviously we know we're going to get it on the show, but like to see Kim post her talking about their relationship in real time when she hasn't even acknowledged a breakup in any way, shape or form as a viewer, it's like, okay, it's what's going on here. Which is very different than last season, for example, when they were promoting the season in season and Chloe's posting the previews for next week's episode where she's moving into the home with Tristan, you know? That's different because we all knew what happened. There was no question as to whether or not they were together, what the deal was, what had transpired. With Kim, there's still so much ambiguity that you're right. It would be just off, like for no reason other than (laughs) who does that. Right. I do wonder if they're going to keep that clip in with the shower that we've already seen. I could see them cutting that. You could? Only because... I, I don't think they will, but I could see them if Kim really didn't want it in. I could see them being like, okay, like they've already seen it. You know what I mean? They're already watching the episode. They've already gotten the hype from it circulating. Like we don't need to maybe throw it in this episode that is so like meaningful and important to you. I think that it will be in, but I think that I also have PTSD from the entire trailer being like, we keep making excuses for the people that traumatize us. And it's like, who the fuck traumatized you? Oh, you're saying last season when we got blue balled with that scene of them at Courtney's engagement and then it never ended up making it into the episode. Yeah. And like, we'll just never know what that was about. Excuse me for having some trust issues here. I know. And I don't blame you. But I think that Kim has such a commitment to both storytelling and also hype, specifically hype around her and one of the most public relationships and breakups. There's no way she's going to remove that from us. And I could be wrong. I really, really hope I'm not. I wouldn't feel this confident if it was any of the other ones. But I think it's like there is no world in which Kim is going to take that away from the public that she knows wants it so bad. It'll be interesting when they start posting the trailers for actual episodes, like once the season starts, because a situation like that, 
where Pete is mentioned in a trailer for a specific episode, especially if it's part of the plot of the episode, is impossible to avoid. Right. It will be interesting to see. I mean, I will say that even if Kim and Pete had never broken up, I still think that the way she would have wanted the Met Gala episode framed was so much more about her and the significance of wearing the Maryland dress. And Pete would have been a very present plot point, but I don't think the focus of the episode would have been on her and him. I still think she would have wanted that, you know, memorialized as like her fashion Met Gala moment. So I guess that makes me feel more hopeful that they wouldn't have to entirely reorient the episode because I don't think he would have ever been the main focus to start with. No, I don't think so either. But I think what you will get is maybe even the episode before or a couple of episodes leading up a conversation about whether or not he should be there for that moment. As much as we made it such a thing that Pete walked that red carpet with her and was with her for that moment, I think we will see that play out in the show. Wait, so you're saying you think that it was as big of a deal for her to make that decision as it was for us that she made that decision to walk it with him? Yeah, I do. Don't you? Yes, that's exactly what I think. I mean, think about it. Like, take SNL, for example. Obviously, Kim was going to fucking do SNL. But there was about two episodes there where Kim went back and forth with the idea and had a whole thought process laid out about her anxiety behind doing it, her thoughts in general behind doing it, what people were going to think of her. Like, there was so much that went into that decision. And to me, and maybe this is just my perception of it, the decision to do that with Pete seems equally as big, if not bigger. So I can't imagine a scenario in which we don't get that thought process behind it. And even if, let's just say for argument's sake, that she doesn't think that it's as big of a deal as we thought it was, it's still a decision that she had to actively make. There were still pros and cons that she had to weigh out. There was still asking him if he'd be willing to do it, asking Chris what her thoughts were, her considering to herself if it was a good idea. Like, There was a lot that went into that decision-making, I still think, and I would be shocked if we didn't get the behind the scenes of it. Totally. At the very least, it was a conversation that had to take place, and I think that we will naturally get that conversation because we're also going to get all of the behind the scenes of the dress fittings and even deciding to wear the Maryland dress in the first place. I mean, I will say, if this was her first Met Gala post-Kanye, I think it would be a totally different situation. I think the pressure would be far higher. But it wasn't. I mean, her first post-Kanye McGala was when she did the all-black Balenciaga look. But in general, Kim's relationship to the McGala is very, very layered because as we've spoken about a million times, if you go back to that first one, when she's there as Kanye's plus one in the floral Givenchy when she's pregnant and she cried the entire way home because the internet ripped her to shreds, that evolution of coming there as Kanye is plus one and really feeling entirely unwelcomed and uncelebrated to then being the star of the event is a trajectory that I don't think she takes lightly. So yes, I, I still think that Kim Kardashian as the celebrity comes away before Kim Kardashian as the girlfriend. I think Kim Kardashian as a celebrity still comes before everything else with the exception of Kim Kardashian as the mom. But I yeah. will say, and it's very interesting as you're saying that because when Kim wore the all black look, the reasoning behind that look was to give way to a new generation. It was almost like the meaning was a refresh. It was like, I had all of these years of Met Galas. This is me in all black. My silhouette is recognizable. And here is a restart of a new era. And so to have that in between the Kanye era, the all black look, and then emerging with Pete is like so symbolic. And I'm sure that even that going back and referencing the year before look 
was a huge point of conversation in terms of should Pete or should Pete not be there. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. She's looking at it from a far bigger picture perspective than just, I'm dating this guy. I really like him. Let's do the red carpet together. That is not at all how she's thinking about it because she's looking at this from the perspective of her legacy, which I know the argument could be made of, wow, you take yourself really seriously, but (laughs) she absolutely does in this capacity and it's worked for her thus far. Yeah. I mean, to be Kim Kardashian and create what she's created and done what she has done and been who she is, there has to be a fair amount of taking yourself too seriously. It's like, You're watching her in real time, not only be an icon, but acknowledge the fact that she is an icon and then have to continuously or not have to choose to continuously um, build that up. And so she is making strategic decisions with that association of, quote, icon level already in mind. It's like, what is going to cement my position in this? What is going to cement everyone's belief in what I already believe in myself? And so, of course, you it, it would be unsuccessful to be Kim Kardashian and just act like everything just comes together willy nilly. <laughs> okay. Well, was that very Isabel? I was going to say that was so Isabel, but I loved it. I just, I, I don't know. It took me off guard. <laughs> I didn't know what word to say. Like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't want to say willy nilly, but I didn't know what else to say in place of it. <laughs> no, it was the perfect phrase. And really just to bring it all back. Exactly. Because her making the choice to wear that dress automatically, she stole the show. She showed up last. She was one of the last ones to rock the red carpet. She had the whole accompanying Vogue spread. She did it right. The Met Gala kind of became hers in that moment. And that was that was that. Making the choice to walk it with Pete added a different element, which was far more of a kind of pop culture salacious one. It was Kim Kardashian really establishing this relationship with Pete Davidson. It didn't need, she was still going to be talked about extensively, but now she was going to be talked about it in the context of her relationship additionally. So it was totally a choice. And that's why going back to our conversation a few episodes ago, that is the number one thing when somebody asked me, is that relationship fake? No, she walked the fucking Met Gala red carpet with him. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies and 
to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over-the-counter allergy spray. And it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid-free allergy spray. And Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing and itchy nose due to allergies. Okay, so full disclosure, we intentionally waited to record this episode Monday night because we figured all of the JLo and Ben wedding details would be out by now. There was apparently supposed to be that whole Vogue spread, but it didn't come out. So we're still operating with the same amount of information we had this morning, which is the wedding took place this weekend. It was a three-day affair at Ben's 87-acre estate in Georgia. This was a fun fact, which I didn't know. So he originally purchased this in 2003 for $7.1 million. And apparently this was supposed to be the location of their first wedding, which obviously never happened. Something I really like about their relationship is not so much that they've rewritten the past, but it's almost like they've repurposed it. Like I think they honor their history really well. Yeah, I mean, they could very consciously kind of shy away from it because it was surrounded by so much negativity at the time. But I feel like they actively integrate it. Even the remake of the Jenny from the Block music video pictures. I feel like something that's been so important to us and our understanding of the relationship is this idea of like, wow, it was it was Ben all along. Or like, wow, it was really JLo all along. And I and maybe that aspect of it is a little bit rewriting history potentially, but I feel like not that they play that up, but I think they definitely play into it a fair amount. It's kind of a complex thought process to go down because on one hand, they both were married to other people and they had children with those people who they love more than anything. So there's a chance for the idea of it always was JLo or it always was Ben to almost invalidate this other life experience that was so crucial to their existence. I mean, they love their kids more than anything. And at one point they love Mark Anthony and Jennifer Gardner more than anything. I think the flip side of that is that they have both had very complicated relationships with the media in different ways. I mean, Ben more so in just like the general aspects of his life, JLo more specifically with the amount of relationships she's been in and how that was kind of covered really negatively. So it's like, yes, that spin makes sense, but it can't be like an all encompassing thought. Yes. Okay. Let me rephrase. I think for us as the public, it's totally fair for us to have that point of view of like, it was always them. I think we're removed enough from the reality of their lives in the situation where we can hold that viewpoint. For them, I think it's a lot more of like, we found our way back to each other, which yes, that thought process is like, duh. Like, yeah, they did find their way back to each other. But I think that what separates them a little bit is that it's not just like, we found our way back to each other. It's like, we found our way back to each other and we're also healing our past. And that's what you're seeing when they do something like get married in the place where they had originally meant to. It's like, we are these new 2022 versions of ourselves, but like we're still honoring our past version. I also think, and I mean, this may really be going deep and not be rooted in truth at all, but I guess if you want to get kind of philosophical with it, I think there's a part of them that 
had held on to a lot of resentment for the fact that it wasn't even necessarily because of them that their relationship failed. So much of it was everything that surrounded it. And again, the relationship had to fail in order for them to have these children that they love so much with other people and to go on about their lives and for everything to happen in the way that it did. But I think that one of the most powerful ways for you to potentially remove some of the resentment you may feel from feeling like, you know, the crumbling of this love you once had happened for circumstances outside of your control is to then reintegrate those nostalgic elements in a way that you are now in control of, which is kind of what they're doing in a way seemingly methodically, then again, may not be at all, and it may not even be conscious, and we're just picking up on it. No, I I think they are. And I think the control element is a really big part of it. But I also think that, and I don't blame them for this at all, I think they're playing up their love story. Totally. That's why when you said to me a few weeks ago after they got married in Vegas, when you were like, do you think that they are going to have a wedding? I was like, absolutely. There is no way that 20 years later they found their way back to each other and they're not going to celebrate this by fucking bawling out. Yeah. If only they had a Vogue article that was released on Monday, though, then it would have really been perfect. I'm telling you, I could probably bet my life on it. The second we send this episode to our producer, it will it will come out because that's just part of the course with us. I wish that we got a little bit more behind the scenes from this wedding. And I don't mean paparazzi photos. I mean like Insta stories. I know, but we were never going to get that. This is not like a Courtney and Travis in Italy situation where Alabama Barker is filming Travis and MGK at the after party. Like th- There was just no world in which that was going to be the case. Aside from the fact that obviously JLo and Ben in terms of their own social presences or lack thereof, that's not their style. I don't even think the crew that was there would have given us what we kind of wanted in that way. And you know, I got to tell you, from someone who loves a paparazzi photo as much as the next guy, I thought some of those photos of Ben were really intrusive this weekend. It was like, just let the guy live. Totally. And that's why I specifically said not paparazzi photos, because what I wanted was exactly what we got from Courtney and Travis's, or exactly what we got from like a Haley and Justin. I want to see a room full of celebrities from the eyes of somebody unassumingly posting it. I know, but I don't think that that's something you get at Jennifer Lopez's wedding. Forget about Ben Affleck, specifically J-Lo. I think that her level of curation for the celebrity that she is or for the celebrity that I guess she wants to maintain, it's not going to happen. Do you think I'm wrong? I don't think you're wrong. The counter argument to the J-Lo versus Ben point there, had this been J-Lo and A-Rod's wedding, 100 million thousand percent we would have seen Insta stories up. I think it's different, though. I don't think she would have felt as protective over it. Right. But it's just interesting that you remove the Ben from it. And J-Lo was meant to be the constant, even though in a scenario where the Ben would change, the J-Lo of it would change, too. Right. Well, I guess probably the more intelligent question then is if this was Ben's wedding, hypothetically, to someone else, how would that impact it? And I think that it really is dependent on who the person would be. So I actually think that it's Ben. Like, if this was Ben's wedding to Lindsay Shookus, for example, no, we wouldn't see anything behind the scenes. It, would, it, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. It wouldn't be these intrusive paparazzi photos to the same extent. Of course, they would still exist, but it wouldn't be the same. But yeah, no, we, the guests in attendance at that wedding probably wouldn't have posted it being the event of the season. I actually disagree with you. I think the J-Lo element of it is what makes me surprised that there wasn't more behind the scenes photos. I love this conversation. Okay. I'm really trying to think where I stand on this. 
I think my final answer is that it's a combination of the two of them because you are right. If this was J-Lo and A-Rod, we'd be seeing a ton of the behind the scenes. From her perspective, I think she felt less protective over it in terms of like a piece of her heart and she was way more down for it to be performative. And then from his perspective, his greatest joy in life was the fact that he was about to be J-Lo's husband. Like, you know, sometimes you go to a comedy show and they put your phone in those bags and you can't get them back until the end. I feel like A-Rod would do the opposite. I feel like you walked into J-Lo and A-Rod's wedding. He's handing every single person a camera just to make sure they had enough content to post. You know what I mean? Like he wanted that shit everywhere. And you're right. Ben Affleck definitely is in the opposite direction. I think that in general, I think he feels a little skittish when it comes to the fame because he's been seen in such a negative light so consistently. But I do think it's a combination because if he was marrying someone else where there hadn't been as much negativity as their relationship previously, he probably also would have been less protective over it. So I think my final answer is that it's a combination of the two. I understand. If you're somebody who has listened to this podcast for a while, I feel like you almost got so excited. You're like, they're about to argue. They're going to do it. And then we came to just such a quick resolve. We didn't, we didn't falter our points. We didn't change them to agree with each other. We just got to a place where we were like, okay, that's fair. I know people want the disagreement and I want to give it to them. I just, we like talking through things. I can't help it. (laughs) The best way I can explain it to anybody is like, I'm a middle child. I can't just like leave it at, like, I can't just, I can't just argue with you about a point and then move on to the next one because it will either turn into one of two things. Like one, we will reach a resolve like this. Or I will continue to drill home my point until like you are just like, I don't want to hear about it anymore. I actually don't even care what we're talking about. And I will always choose the first option over the second. Right. And the entire idea of leaving something unresolved is like very antithetical to my personality. It 100%. But also (laughs) I have to say back to that conversation we were just having about like the behind the scenes. One of the things that plays into this whole conversation is that the Kardashian Christmas party spoiled me for what I expect of behind the scenes footage. Like to me, if you are having the celebrity event of the season, we sitting at home should be able to be a part of that. I know. And I suffer from that to a certain extent as well. I guess the difference is that I never expected a lot of behind the scenes going into this. I just expected more editorially, which hopefully we will get. Because as of right now, we know her dress was Ralph Lauren, 20-foot train. Casey Affleck and Jen Garner were both notably not there. Neither was apparently Leah Remini and Jay Shetty from the On Purpose podcast officiated. But that's kind of all we know details-wise. So let's wait for more to come out and then we'll go from there. I am curious about the Leah Remini thing. We don't have to get into it. We don't have confirmation yet that she wasn't there. It's just a rumor that's been circulating. But if she wasn't, that would be way more interesting than any other name mentioned not being there. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, New Kids on the Block, Sean Paul, Sum 41, Whitney Cummings, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. 
Okay, so I want to talk cookware for a second because I haven't told you guys about this company and I recently tried their products and I fully understand the hype now. So they're called Great Jones and they make really high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that also happens to be beautiful. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to describe cookware, but you'll see what I mean when you go on the website. In terms of colors, they have your classic black and white, but they also have pink screens, yellows, blues, just like really vibrant, fun colors. And everything is non-toxic. So they have, you know, Dutch oven, ceramic dishes, non-stick sheet pans. Everything is non-toxic to me. That's huge. And we all know, like, I'm not the biggest cook, but I have my staples. And I got originally from them the Fry family, which is the eight and 10 inch ceramic non-stick pans. And they're just great. I got them in the white because that matches the best with my kitchen. I love cooking on them. And I also, I know, again, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the way they look in my kitchen. And the thing is, once you get these, you're going to want to get them for your friends. So they make incredible gifts for weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, whatever occasion you need. It's a great gift. Upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code CBC. That's greatjones.com, promo code CBC. For this next discussion, I just want to take everyone back to January 2021 for a second because that was the first time the dating rumors between Zoe Kravitz and Channing Tatum really started to circulate. And we saw, you know, in the coming months, paparazzi photos of them around the city, it was kind of starting to get more solidified. And then in September of last year, they were seen leaving the Met Gala together. She's in that gorgeous YSL dress. They're walking down the steps. And that's kind of when we said in our minds, okay, this is really something. In February of this year, he did an interview with Variety when he mentioned Zoe, but it wasn't so much about their relationship as much as it was about her kind of in a professional capacity. So she did an interview with the Wall Street Journal. It was done by Hunter Harris, and it was titled A New Side of Zoe Kravitz. And part of it is talking about her directorial debut, Pussy Island, which stars Channing Tatum. So again, this is by Hunter Harris. I just want to read a few excerpts, if that's okay with you. Oh, you mean my favorite activity in the entire world, reading something for a few excerpts and then talking about it? (laughs) Okay, so again, by Hunter Harris. When asked about her current relationship, she demurs, do I want to go into that? I guess what I'll say is when you make things with people, it's a very sacred space. And when you're compatible with somebody creatively, it often opens up other channels because you're kind of sharing all of yourself, Kravitz says. I'm really grateful that this movie has brought him into my life in that way. She also explained why she cast Tatum in the thriller, saying she wanted, quote, someone who hadn't played a dark character before, because I think that's exciting to watch someone who's mostly played boy next door, good guy, love interest, all of that. I felt, even from afar, before I knew him, that he was a feminist and that he wasn't afraid of exploring that darkness because he knows he's not that, she continued. That's why I was drawn to him and wanted to meet with him, and I was right. Very, very interesting. I'm so proud of us for pretending that we're talking about them as a couple in relation to their movie rather than the fact that both of us are just sitting here waiting to talk about how hot we think they are. Okay, yes, that's obviously a huge factor. But honestly, I swear to God, once I learned more about the movie because I really knew nothing, it makes this whole thing so much more interesting because basically what she's saying is that the role he was cast in, to the best of my understanding, is this very wealthy, successful tech mogul that has this ridiculous island and this woman is kind of whisked away there and there she sees there's some really twisted shit going on. And basically what Zoe is saying is that The way she views Channing, both as an actor in terms of his previous roles, but also as a person, is so opposite from any of that darkness and twisted ways that, one, it made her excited to cast him in that role, but also it made her even more attracted to him to, like, see how he's the exact antithesis of it. So it's actually kind of fascinating how the role of it all plays into her 
I guess, their mutual attraction to one another. That is really interesting. It is a really interesting point in terms of the way that she perceives him, especially knowing the both of them, because I can, again, it's not like they're two super public people, but we've definitely gotten to know them over the years. And I would say that I have an understanding of Channing Tatum in that way from what I've seen. And I also very much understand that that would be exactly Zoe Kravitz's type. Yes. And on a totally different note for a second, like separate and apart from them as a couple, if we just take Zoe Kravitz as a director, because obviously this movie is her directorial debut. I'm trying to think how to phrase this. Obviously, everything we know now about Army Hammer, clearly, I mean, he's, he's never going to be cast in this type of role again. But even before any of the stuff with him came out, I feel like if she was making this movie, there's no world in which she would have cast him as this role because there was always an heir to him that had a slight hint of potential darkness that Channing Tatum really just does not have from the viewer perspective. Okay, here's what I'll say. I don't think that from like an unassuming viewer perspective that we would have picked up on that. Like, I don't think that had previous to any allegations, this been a movie where Army Hammer was cast that we as the viewer would have been like, huh, that's an ironic casting choice. But I think that behind the scenes in Hollywood, people would have thought that. And therefore I think it would have been something that Zoe Kravitz, especially with how connected her family is and how kind of not at the center of Hollywood she is, but definitely how immersed in the industry she is, that's something that she maybe would have known about and therefore would have never cast him in the first place in that role. Yes, exactly. I mean, Channing Tatum has the additional element, like she said, of typically playing kind of the boy next door. And so she wanted to do something that was totally different. But one million percent. That's why I'm saying if you look only at it from Zoe Kravis as the point of the director, removing what the public thinks, just in terms of her own knowledge of these people as people and actors, I think that that would have factored into her decision. I mean, I, I don't know how we got here from Channing. I don't mean to make it about like such a sick man as Army Hammer. I just think that when when I read that in the article, it really got me thinking of like, you know, when you're looking at it from her perspective of choosing people based on even a reputation we as the public may not have known. Yes. Do you want me to make another jump and we can get into a conversation of how did we end up there? Because I have a, a, a funny transition point. Yeah, of course. Did you see the story? This just reminded me. It's not directly related, but it is an interesting in terms of casting. Did you see the story about Leonardo DiCaprio and American Psycho? I saw it, but I didn't. See, I think you need to explain it because I didn't see it enough where I feel confident right now to regurgitate the information. So what happened was when American Psycho was being cast, I believe what happened is that Christian Bale was originally cast in it. And then as the movie progressed, they were looking at other people and Leonardo DiCaprio's name was brought up and he was offered the role. And Gloria Steinem talked Leonardo DiCaprio out of taking the role because she felt the role was going to be so damaging to women and didn't want Leonardo DiCaprio to be associated with like a man as dark as that. And so I think the story is that she actually took him to a Yankee game and sat him down and explained to him why he shouldn't take the role. And he ended up turning it down and it went back to Christian Bale. The kicker of the story is that Gloria Steinem then went on a couple of months later to marry Christian Bale's father and then advising Leonardo DiCaprio, not him, against taking the role. It's an incredible story, but it speaks to such the larger concept that I think as an actor, as an actress, you have to be really conscious when taking a role of considering the possibility of even though this is completely fictional, does it have the power to 
shift public perception of me permanently in a way that's really unhealthy or really negative, especially if you're someone who's so private that you're not doing enough to offset that. And the only time people think about you is in this really sick role. You know, I I think it's a total catch 22 that you have to consider. It's really funny because I know that we're talking about that in the context of more serious roles, but where you end up seeing that happening a lot, where people cannot disassociate the person from the character is a lot of times in like TV shows and like teen shows. And I always remember the character that played Dan Scott in One Tree Hill giving an interview saying like, people couldn't understand that I wasn't like that. He was like, I would walk through an airport and people would yell the most awful things at me. They'd be like, you're a terrible man. You're a terrible father. You're the worst human being ever. And he's like, I'm not my character. Yeah, I mean, probably the most prominent example of that in a far more benign fashion is Disney Channel stars and how hard it is for them at times to kind of break through. (laughs) Even on Saturday when we were so high and you were passionately talking to me about how Selena Gomez so successfully broke out of Alex Russo and now her role in Only Murders of the Building is as enjoyable as watching Alex Russo in Wizards of Waverly Place but far more elevated. (laughs) Julie stoned out of her mind, passionately sitting down, me and my aunt explaining (laughs) why the, the Alex Russo to Selena Gomez in Only Murders in the Building pipeline. You know what was funny about that is that Arlene agreed with me. Like I said, it's very Alex Russo. And she went, yes. I'm like, how do you, what do you mean? Yes. You were that convincing. That's, that's exactly my point. Which by the way, goes back to the reason why we can't continue to be a conversation when we're having an argument. I know. Oh God. Anyway, what, what else? Is there anything else that you would like to mention? Kardashian or otherwise, or really anything? Yeah, let's do a quick Kardashian recap. I'd love to spend just a couple of minutes on Scott's recent dating. People have so many different hacks for getting a good night's sleep. And it's not to say that those don't work, but I really think you cannot discount the power of just good quality sheets and how much that can transform your sleep. I told you guys about these before, but as far as I'm concerned, Bowl and Branch are the best sheets on the market. And I think for me, the thing that like makes them so good is that they're really soft and luxurious while also being breathable. So they kind of work in all weather and their signature sheets are their bestseller. They come in 14 versatile colors in all sizes from twin up to California King. I have them in the color stone. I have them in the color mineral. I have the waffle blanket. I have so many things from this company. Everything is just quality and their sheets are made with the finest hundred percent organic cotton and completely free from toxins. Also, they said this, but I didn't really get it until I started using the sheets. They do get softer with every wash and you'll see that. I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and every single person has been a repeat customer. And there's a 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code CBC at BolinBranch.com. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code CBC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but 
When you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Okay, yes. So last Tuesday, he was seen leaving Nobu Malibu with a quote, mystery brunette, which is par for the course at this point. I mean, that could have been a headline from any time in the last two or three years. But then on Wednesday, he was seen having lunch with Kimberly Stewart, Rod Stewart's daughter. And then on Saturday night, which was just a few nights ago, they were seen holding hands, leaving Giorgio Baldi in Santa Monica, which hypothetically speaking, what a couple that would be. I'd be really, really into that. Whenever I hear the dating rumors start to circulate about the two of them, I kind of really hope that that's the case. I know it's not the first time that we've heard it, but first of all, it's a nice change of pace from an age perspective. She's 42 years old, which I think would be a really welcomed and celebrated change for him. And also, let's say they got serious. Could you imagine a world in which Rod Stewart is Scott's father-in-law? So I would say, no, that's the craziest thing ever. But Lionel Richie was almost Scott's father-in-law. So I guess after that, I can't really be too surprised about what comes next. He really fumbled that bag with Sophia. I mean, and thank God for her that it happened in the way that it did. I think she is exactly where she's meant to be. And this is best case scenario for her. But if I'm Scott, I'm looking back on that like, wow, I screwed up. I think so too, except it totally was not the right time in Scott's life for that relationship. I think that he did love her and I think that it was as serious as it appeared to be, but he also loved Courtney during that time and Courtney wasn't married. Courtney didn't have Travis at that point and so Scott hadn't fully moved on from her. Right. There was probably, aside from anything else going on, there was probably no way he could have fully given himself to Sophia because there was a part of him that was still hung up on like what could be with Courtney. Whereas even if you want to make the argument now that he's still in love with her, which I do think has really faded, he's not hung up on like what could be because that ship has sailed. The ship hadn't sailed. I mean, remember they were in Finland, him, Sophia and Courtney all in the hot tub together. That was a completely unsustainable reality. Entirely unsustainable. But that was one of my favorite periods of time. Remember when they Instagrammed on vacation together and Scott captioned it like three's company and we were just absolutely losing it. I actually forgot about that until you just said it when they were in the lounge chairs, you mean? Yep. That was a wild time. Wow. That whole time was so crazy because I feel like we all knew deep down that Scott was still in love with Courtney, but he was putting on a really good show for everybody. And I think he was especially putting on a really good show for himself. And so to see the three of them together in that capacity, you were like, for a second, Maybe maybe they really have moved on from each other. Like maybe they're not endgame. And once that relationship ended, you were snapped right back into Courtney and Scott world. And then you were snapped right back out of it again. I know. Which again, I maintain, thank God for Sophia, this happened in the way that it happened. She didn't deserve that. I mean, she, aside from the fact that I think age-wise, it was just not ideal in the slightest. She deserves someone who was entirely devoted to her at the time. He wasn't completely completely on a separate note this this post that kim just instagrammed the curated businesses with her with all the designer bags at this point it has to be scott behind this right there's no other reason for the family to continue to do these if it didn't benefit scott in some way monetarily correct someone dm'd us and said like i have 100 confirmation that scott is behind these 
uh, he has to be. It's kind of like the quote things. <laughs> he has to be in order for me to look at Kim the same way. Because I'm sorry, I don't care how much she's making from this. At a certain point, you have to accept your money from other places. I don't think that Kim Kardashian as the billionaire can do a, a giveaway and <laughs> like expect everyone to just be okay with that unless it's benefiting Scott. Which, you know, what's so twisted about that in my mind, since it is benefiting Scott, I'm like, wow, I love that they're still so supportive of him and willing to do this for his benefit. Like that is that makes me happy. Do you see, though, that this photo was clearly taken on the day of the 818 party because she's wearing the exact same outfit? And if you see right next to her is the little uh, studded Balenciaga that she wore to the 818 Nobu event. You see? Yes, I see. Right. Like so funny. But to me, the funniest thing is like right before they're about to get in the car, Tracy or whoever is like, hold on, Kim, one second. We set all the bags up on on the stairs. Just need to take this one snap. And then she gets like in the Rolls Royce to go to Nobu. It's just (laughs) what a crazy sequence of events. It's the biggest giveaway ever. (laughs) $130,000 worth. I mean, listen, someone must win it. And I'm sure for that person, it's a really fulfilling experience. I just think nothing is worth it to pose like this. Kim just instead. Oh, what do we got ourselves? Time will always tell. I wonder what that means. Oh, this was a bathroom photo shoot. Do you think that that's a Prada thing? You think she's entering into her Prada era? She's been doing some of those recently. I hope so. Yeah, I love that shirt. Yeah, me too. Interesting look she's got going on here. She's wearing she's a leather fuck- puffer jacket with fur. I don't care that it's inside. It is August 23rd. Yeah, but I think she's just in the let's fuck around and find out era. I love that era for her. (laughs) Me too. Is there anything else that you would like to mention about anything? No, I'm just sitting with bated breath for my on the JLo newsletter to come through. (laughs) You just gave it away that we're now recording. Well, the reason that I said that is because I had already given it away because Kim just Instagram. So I was like, okay, fuck it. Like, we'll just admit to the fact that this is an insert. (laughs) <laughs> okay, yeah. So we're doing these last few minutes as an insert, really, because we were waiting for the on the JLo thing. But at this point, we surrender. There's nothing we can do. I'm sure the second we send these files, she will have posted the photos. But so far, nothing's up. Nothing's up. And you know what's funny is that the only reason I really wanted to mention the on the JLo newsletter is because in our entire discussion of the wedding, we failed to bring that up. And that's our shtick, Em. It is kind of our shtick. I guess I just had Vogue so much in my mind that I figured if it's between Vogue and the newsletter, she has to hand it to Vogue. But it doesn't look like either of them are happening right now. If it's between Vogue or the newsletter is such a funny sentence. Because <laughs> she's not going to hand it to Vogue. Like It's going to be all newsletter. Imagine that's the reason that the, the Vogue spread didn't come out. Because she wanted the exclusive on On the J-Lo. I <laughs> fucking wanted- hope so. That's my girl. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we love you guys. And thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. We'll be back with the Kardashian bonus show. And then Isabel and I will be back with Bravo. And what a week. What a week. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada 
For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.